0: Listening to the One Room with a View show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello, and welcome to the One Room with a View show with me, Christopher Preston, and in joining me for this fifth season. Is the god of drizzle? It's Mr. Dan Alton, <laughs> the god of drizzle, <laughs> the god of drizzle himself.
1: Yeah, you're working your magic today. I'm a lot of background scenes in Thor. i I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with a rain machine, do you need, do just need, spitting at need them. some drizzle. <laughs> no, all right, all right. Right. Talking
0: of drizzle, Dan. Uh, season five <laughs> kicks off today. Yes, with this here
1: episode. we are. As we, we're, we're racing against Storm Brian. Storm Brian. Storm Brian is most is British of storms descending upon London, and here we are shacked up in in. Uh, you know, batting down the hatches, recording a podcast. Um, so what's going to
0: come up on said podcast? Well, I'm
1: glad you asked. Because you're making so, promises
0: that we can't keep at the moment.
1: Boys always am. So, some film old, some film new this month. We are looking at Thor Ragnarok, which... Um, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, which, latest in Marvel's long line of films. Um, and then we, that was directed... By Taika Waititi. Easy for you so to say. You're <laughs> going to keep them i We've got to keep him somehow down as um, long season. And we're going to go back. So, our song film, Old is, we're going not the sort of recent history, uh, not too far back, to What We Do in the Shadows, which um, sort of brought Taika Waititi, Waititi to us more, well, to a wider audience, I think. Yeah, I think it was um, maybe more of a global.
0: I think is it, I don't think it was uh, produced by Netflix, but certainly it was on
1: Netflix mm, for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um and they I think they managed to sort of successfully organise a crowdfunding campaign to get screenings organized in America and it's, oh, really? yeah, okay. it, um and, and and the rest they say is is history. Also, uh we're gonna be having a quick chat about what we might have seen over the September break while we were away. We we have the whole of September off, so there's lots of stuff to catch up on. Um we haven't had done a podcast since August. I know. It seems like it's been a long time, Dan. Years back. Yeah. Um, and because it's October, we couldn't do a podcast without talking about some spectacular Halloween <laughs> films. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, and Dad's Describing Films is back. Good. Let's crack on. has ever recorded live.
0: Yeah, that's that the first time I've done it in a while. I think you could hear <laughs> the strain. Heard, yeah, yeah. I'm increasingly growing from the latter to the form... <laughs> yeah, to the form that, That's right, yeah, brain's not working. Yes. I will say now, I can't wait to talk to you about these films. Dan and I have somewhat, in our production notes, meetings, tea breaks, whatever you want to call <laughs> them, and we sometimes... Are, have reservations about doing Marvel films, don't we? Because they yes. are endless and they're just yeah. you know screaming the echo chamber. I think we've
1: chatted a, we've chatted about quite
0: a few mm, over the years, but this one kind of posed uh, the novel approach of looking at a certainly a, a director who's on the, on a more rise to prominence and someone who I don't think is necessarily just another desk in the Marvel factory. So yes,
1: now we've we've, we've talked about ytt uh, 's films before. Well, a Waititi a, film. Yeah in the past uh towards the end of last year
0: yeah it was in frankly um, my
1: year i don't give a damn Yes, we were like doing that. our we are doing our annual roundup of films <laughs> uh the hunt for the Wilder critically people. acclaimed roundup of films Dad. <laughs> sorry i forget that yeah a uh, critically acclaimed roundup of films um <laughs> Eber, eat your heart out yeah he <laughs> uh, we ever resting yeah, in the halls of valhalla <laughs> um the, the hunt for the Wilder People. Wilder people was in both our top tens, I believe. I think slightly it was just hiring. outside of mine. Maybe oh, oh, I can't okay.
0: remember. Maybe yeah. I'll have to double check.
1: Well, we talked. We talked about it we at any rate. We it, certainly yeah. spoke about it because it is a it, it, it is a sweet, uh, funny film and hugely popular as
0: well. Like, didn't it? Wasn't it Empire's favourite film? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was of Empire, the year. Yeah. Um, it it's reviews were stratospheric, and it's become one of those slightly kind of um, abstract movies that literally everyone's seen as well. Uh, so it
1: certainly has done well. I think it's yeah. still the highest grossing New Zealand film of all time. I'm not perhaps. surprised. And certainly it seemed to put uh, Waititi on the radar of, of Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah, Feige. We, we
0: call him Feige like beige, but I, I've been subsequently pulled up on this many times. Apparently it's Feige, but I'm refusing to change. Because honestly, if my name was spelt like that, I'd be going with Feige. Sounds it like, sounds so much more definite. I'm Kevin Feige. Then, okay. All right, I'm I'm Kev Fagy.
1: Kef- sounds like he's popping around to sort the broadband out. <laughs> <laughs> Even that bloody cap. That um, take off. So yeah, YTD uh, is on the on uh, on the radar. Put that film, put YTD on the radar of Marvel, I believe, and, and here we are um, with Four, 42 Thor. years later <laughs> with the third Thor film. <laughs>
0: yeah, and 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 presumably the the last Thor film, I imagine as well. I think that. I think that this has culminated in a way that was probably similar to the Iron Man
1: trilogy. Yeah, I, I do feel like Marvel, years. perhaps, even if they haven't express, explicitly stated this, they must be winding down a few of the Definitely. The, ...these... these uh, characters films and their story i mean for goodness sake the film's called ragnarok
0: and ragnarok which is, which is apocalypse. the apocalypse yeah the, Nor- the north apocalypse and also kind of translates in popular culture terms i think
1: to thor's
0: greatest hits as well <laughs> doesn't it this did feel like a, a play on that perhaps yeah yeah
1: Um
0: what about what we do in the shadows so what we do
1: in the shadows get back to 2014 um taika waititi teams up with uh flight of the concords jermaine clement to bring It's always a joy, an and I, I believe YTD uh, worked on uh, *The Flight of the Concords as well. In, in some, it doesn't surprise in me some that sense fashion. of humor is exactly yeah. like the same. And now, if I would just, descri- this is how I've described the film I've written down in my notes. This is <laughs> feel free to elaborate or call me if I don't think it's, if it's accurate enough. But what we do in the shadows is essentially it follows a documentary team as uh, as they. Um, I say, spend time. <laughs> Is there lots of dot dot dots yeah. in between your notes? Um, a documentary team follows a group of vampires living yeah. in a house in Wellington, in New Zealand. That's right. They're flat sharing. Aren't yeah, they're they? flat sharing and vampires. It's on on the road towards the
0: undead masquerade, the unholy masquerade, or something. Yeah, so they're, they're having the, some big the ball party at the yeah. end. Yeah.
1: So it's it's and that's It's, it. four, it's four vampires living together and. All of which are like on a spectrum of centuries old. So. Yeah, and it's filmed like a documentary, but it, you know, not only are they dealing—you know—it's how do vampires survive in the modern world? You know, it, it touches on how, how you know the tensions that arise from being you know from flat sharing with people for hundreds of years. Yeah, if you haven't seen any Taika Waititi films
0: before. Um, it plays everything for laughs. In that, yeah. it's a mockumentary in yes. the same way as like the spinal. This is Spinal Tap or something like yeah. that. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's infused
1: with a I mean, very very f- specific sense yes. of humor. The first thing you have to do is is ignore the fact that vampires don't have reflections, but they do show off on cameras. Yeah, so making true. the documentary. It,
0: uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other than
0: that, I <laughs> think that the concept is thoroughly mined. I yes. think apart from yeah. that, uh, and it should, yeah, and I
1: should point out that Jermaine Clement. Co-directed and co-wrote, co-wrote yeah. with Waititi um, on this, and it, and and they're both in it as well, and it's just I get, what was it, ninety minutes, maybe a, eighty-six minutes, eighty-six long. minutes yeah, it's, uh... Uh, of just hilarity. It is very funny, constantly, not and even not just not just like the odd, you know, some a couple of laugh-out-loud moments. This thing, it, it humorous it throughout. Remi- so it reminded it was... me a bit
0: in the not in terms of sense of humor necessarily. But in, in terms of joke rate where we spoke about um, Lord and Miller's work uh, like in 21 and 22 mm. Jump Street and yeah. the Lego movie where you've kind of got like a joke every second and not all of them land but when they do they're good but it doesn't matter because it's that machine gun rate of, yes. of jokes and humour.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then they obviously have so much fun as with Lord and Miller there's so much so much love and attention has gone into it and you can see that they're all having an absolute ball making it and it's just a great I I just I love the concept. Yeah, and in terms of the concept,
0: I felt like they squeezed everything out—every kind of little popular culture tidbit or folklore or. Urban myth and all that kind of stuff surrounding vampires and the and like movie references and all that kind of stuff, they squeeze every bit of it out into kind of comedic gold, don't they? They everything from them transfiguring into bats, the yes, rivalry with werewolves, which werewolves. I think might be my the Rhys Darby as the alpha male of the, the werewolf clan. I think just a constant joy inspired casting. So there's a bit, and I don't want to kind of spoil too much because I implore listeners to go and see this movie. um there's a part where the the werewolves are all about to turn, yeah. and Rhys Darby is coordinating it and he's looking and he's there like "What? Why, why didn't you wear tracksuit bottoms so you can grow into them he's like, you've, just, you've just bought that army surplus jacket you know you're going to lose that <laughs> that's and just that kind of little minutiae and pedantry yeah. while simultaneously being a werewolf is just so funny it
1: reminded me a lot of, a, a TV show that I was really uh, very much a fan of when it was on BBC was, was Being Human
0: okay I hadn't and seen it but I heard it was almost like the dark version of Misfits in some ways is that
1: yeah it a, Being Human is essentially you had a ghost a werewolf and a vampire living flat sharing yeah and it was Paul po- Dark, the girl from Sugar Rush, and um, the other lad, wasn't it? Uh, Russell Tovey. Yeah. yeah, he was in Doctor Who, he wasn't was in, he? Yeah, yes. Uh, and that was a very, you know, that was not not as laugh out loud. No, not played for laughs as much as this. That was, it was you know, it was it was a drama. But a kind of sideways um, look at those, but that kind, you know, it's You know, they're, they're from the same singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, close enough. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed being human, so it was really and, and that, that yeah that study of the minutiae of Actually, the logistics of being a werewolf or yeah. a vampire. But also in twenty fourteen 2014. In 2014. yeah, that's <laughs> like what, what I liked about it. What does it. that mean? They want to go they want to go nightclubbing? clubbing, they want you know how. You know, but they can't, sure, they can't, they, they, they can't sure go they... into the
0: bars if they're invited. in. Yeah, they have in. to be they're trying to get barmaids to invite them in yeah. and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be invited in everywhere. They, they... You also see the vampires start to use uh, through the brilliant um, character of Stu, who's one of the vampires' human mates, mm. who's uh, he's like a software engineer, isn't he? Did you know that he's not an actor in real life? Yes. He's actually what he does in in the movie. Like, he's a geo-analyst software producer. And he was supposed to just come and do technical stuff on the film. And they were like, really? we'll just have a small part for you. And it grew into that, yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's totally that's <laughs> true, yeah. Um, but he gets them hooked up to the internet. And I think, is it uh, Viago... Uh, turned around and he goes I-, I lost a a silk scarf in nineteen twelve ask google ask Google where it went <laughs> so yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun, yeah very dry, very wry uh, uh,
1: sense of humor uh, but yeah and, uh, plenty for people who plenty for for concords fans oh, and plenty mate. more for people who enjoy vampire films yeah there's you know it, there's a lot of there for for fans of horror and and for for, for sort of that sort of fairy tale lore type mm. stuff. Um, well, it's a, it is a pastiche of those kind of horror movies and, and Dracula-isms yeah. and things, isn't it? Now, how much of that do you think is present in Thor? Well,
0: Thor, Thor is a bit of a, a Schrodinger's comic book movie in some ways, because it simultaneously is a Marvel film whilst tries to do everything not to be a Marvel film. Yeah. So, uh, as we... Dan and I actually saw this film together, and it's yes, a and rare
1: occurrence for us. Uh, Whenever this happens, it's the oddest thing, because we we (laughs) finish the film together, and it's normally another week or so before we can sit down here to record the podcast, Yeah, and we don't like to talk ahead of it too much.
0: It looks like we've had a massive falling
1: out every time we walk out,
0: because everyone else is like, you know, nervously, excitedly, or dejectedly jittering and chittering about these movies. we're, we're just... I'm trying to get away from you. We we walk out like a pair of in laws, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> After the latest Barney. Uh <clears throat> so yeah, I'm very enthused to talk to you about this movie. But as we were walking out of um the Odeon in Leicester Square, there was a couple of women that are in front of us.
1: And she I went I thought you were gonna about to tell us about the couple that we bumped into in the square, do you remember as we were leaving? Oh yeah, the, the over Donald ones. Trump and uh, yeah <laughs> but, but no, the two women. Yeah, yeah
0: the these the two women that walked out stuff. and said uh, oh um, That's the ballsiest $150 million movie I've ever seen. And I think that Thor likes to masquerade as a $150 million movie that you've never seen, while simultaneously is suckling at the good teat of Marvel, like, quite greedily. Um, This is unabashedly a Marvel movie, right down to the fact that you've got an underdeveloped, um, quite anemic villain, because we can't... Wait till for Thanos. Still, uh, we we have a sky wound as a plot point, and something important falls out of the sky in the third act. So I, I couldn't see. I think for all of its bluster and irreverence and
1: boisterousness, it's still unabashedly. Yeah, yeah. I, of. I think my uh, my colleague Ben put it very well. Um, the other day I was chatting to him about it. In, in lieu of being able to talk to you, sure. Um, ben being my surrogate. <laughs> yeah, surrogate. <laughs> <Chris>. <laughs> um, he, he he put it very well. He said it was simultaneously the the best parts of marvel and, and the, the worst. worst parts of yeah, it yeah
0: and i can kind of agree with um, that
1: and and i do I, I, yeah you you saying that i, I completely see that point it, it still follows a lot of similar beats of previous, previous marvel films mm. with added you know what obviously tried to put as much of his yeah. personality in as possible. It's it's, Mar- it's Marvel whilst taking the piss
0: out of Marvel movies, I think, a, a lot of the time. Mm. I think one of its flaws, and I, I do want to kind of concentrate on some of its flaws p- before we get to some of its overwhelming positives as well. But one of its flaws is an indictment of Marvel at the moment is that we're being told by Marvel that we're leading to perhaps one of the greatest movie events in modern years, yes. Infinity War of yeah. next year, presumably which will culminate in an un, unnamed uh, sequel the following year. Um, but I still feel like we're nowhere near that event and we're only one movie away now. We've got Black Panther in Feb next year, I think, and that's it. Yeah. And that takes us into Infinity War and I still don't feel like any of the, the chess pieces are really where I would want them to be, a la The Avengers in 2012 where I was like right I can't wait for all of this to come together now and mm. um, they still because of the TV uh, showrunner format I still feel like we're getting those filler episodes that people decry every season of their favourite show this so was yeah. just like you know Thor goes to Benadorm essentially wasn't it
1: <laughs> <laughs> More, yeah. yeah I was going to say we should talk about the plot but you've pretty much that's it <laughs> <laughs> Thor okay. goes to Benadorm, yeah um, it's Is quite, a, quite a creative uh, <laughs> left turn. Um, yeah, sorry to backtrack. Thor Ragnarok. Um, following on from the events of Thor The Dark World, if people can recall those, Loki has taken the throne of Asgard, pretending to be Odin. Um, oh, yeah. And in this film, Thor, immediately, you know, he comes back. He, he unseats, you know, he, he outs Loki. They go and find Odin. Then uh, Hela, the goddess of death, is released, mm. and she is intent on destroying Asgard and the Nine Realms and beyond. Yeah, and that's it. At and some point, sure. uh, then, then uh, yeah. <laughs> at some point we the take, Hulk turns We veer on. off into into this sort of brightly coloured, uh, you know, rainbow world yeah. overruled by Jeff Goldblum's the Grand Master, um, where Thor is imprisoned, forced to be a gladiator. Fights Hulk. Yeah, where, where, where Thor becomes Judah Ben-Hur for uh, <laughs> a short period. Um, they pop off to Benedorm and then they get back to Asgard to save the day,
0: just in time for tea. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, the the whole Grandmaster thing. I'll, I'll be honest and mostly irritated me because I think in terms of the advertising and marketing, a lot of it has
1: been around the whole idea of Jeff Goldblum. This kind of yeah, someone yeah, someone icon. has gone someone on the line. I don't know when it happened, but suddenly Jeff Goldblum is. Is the way to sell something these days. Yeah, and and I think he's a huge selling point of Thor Ragnarok. Before they dragged the poor bastard back into the Jurassic Park franchise now as well. And, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, in I Jurassic hope World that too. That will keep the
0: interest going. And and it may well do because I know that people were excited to see Goldblum in this um, in this movie, and he was sold a little bit like Benicio del Toro's uh, the Collector, yes, wasn't he, yeah. uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy a few years ago, but. Actually, what you'll find is that the Grand Master stuff is a, is a gamma-radiated subplot, isn't it? it they, they spend a bit too much time on that planet, um, or whatever it is. Whatever, I don't know. Is it a It planet is a planet. Yeah, I think it kind? counts as a planet, yeah. What annoyed me about it is that there's so much going on in... Um, in this movie, that's so disparate, and you and it, the the plot tendrils end up fighting like wolves for airtime. So you have got Hela taking over Asgard. Yeah. Simultaneously, you've got Thor in the kind of the trenches of this Grandmaster stuff. Yeah. All of that going on. They
1: unceremoniously dispatch with uh, some char- key characters from previous films, just yeah. for the sake because they obviously decided well we can't you know we can't do anything with these people. But mm. so we'll just quickly, you know. Get rid get of rid them, of those. Or don't include them at all, or that you know, there's some line of reference, you know, reference line, and about. that's it.
0: It's very lazy. Can we? Are we going to spoil this movie? By the way, uh, we may well delve into spoilers. Okay. going forward, um, so there's a couple of couple of bits that I'm going to say now, so you might want to skip over it. Although I think a lot of it has been included in the marketing. Uh, just pause for a moment, right? Okay, um, so Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, literally just as an expositional device, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, and that whole first
1: act just ricochets. I mean it, is that it's, I, I do wonder about Doctor Strange's appearance. Is that to just sort of make us still remember he's around? And so kind of I think it's for two reasons. I think it's to link
0: it back into this uh this need to link it back to a larger universe. Yeah. And secondly, because Thor needed to get somewhere very quickly, and fortunately Doctor Strange can do portals. I think that's literally the exposition. reason. It is exposition. He's he's Basil Exposition in this, isn't he? <laughs> oh hello Thor. Um uh, but it ricochets very quickly. They they kill off Odin within seconds as well, who's apparently become... Um, he's, like, just living in... Norway. Norway,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, Norway via a green screen in yeah. Pinewood,
0: probably. <laughs> and then the next minute we're ricocheting, and then they fall out of somewhere, and then so-and-so's coming in, it, and it really does feel like it's kind of panting for breath by the time it gets to the second act, because they're so... I,
1: yeah. There's a part of me that feels like at the end of The Dark World, they, th- they must have thought, oh, it'll be good you know, Loki taking over Asgard, that's pretty good fun. You know, that that sets us up for a good thing. And mm. then, obviously, somewhere on the line, Feige, Waititi have come along and said actually can't can't do that mate can't be asked we're doing something else so, yeah but we need to but that still needs to be resolved you can't and, just and there is it. a lot of retconning in that way isn't
0: there yeah, like I they mean, just undo that so within a second The first
1: 20 minutes feels like a retcon of all the things that maybe have been set up it feels like know. a men in black
0: flash doesn't it for yeah. do, I the whole you know, world
1: hella hella crashed and you know we're still doing spoilers here people so if you've suddenly dipped in i mean give it another five minutes <laughs> yeah. you know hella <laughs> arrives on um Heller arrives on Asgard, and for some reason, uh, two of the three warriors—you know, you know, the, you know uh, Thor's warriors—three, yeah. Volstag and um, the other guy, the blonde guy. Yeah, they're there, and they're, you know, poor Ray Stevenson. He's obviously got he's done up in all this makeup to be the big jolly fat Vols- Volstagg, yeah, uh, the Viking. Uh knifed in the chest immediately.
0: Gone. They, they murder him. I don't away. think
1: they even cast the original actor of the other. Um, uh, the the blonde Viking warrior. I think that was that was just an extra in a wig. Yeah, he doesn't get a line. He's dead, gone. Get your goblin to do it. He's been paid enough. Uh, Jamie Alexander isn't in it at all. There was a lot of chat about her not being in it, and then apparently she was to film some pivotal scenes. Those pivotal scenes clearly not pivotal enough to actually make it into the final cut. Mm. Um, you, you know, and Heimdall is wandering around. Wilderness,
0: And then we've got this new female character, don't we, who is part of the... Uh, oh, yeah, Valkyrie. The Valkyrie, yeah. And, and for me, she encapsulates a lot of the really kind of serious things that are wrong with this movie, which is uh, that people's personalities, behaviour, motivations all turn on a dime. And so this woman, this Valkyrie, who has fought um, Hella before... Vows never to help Thor and she actually is the one who kidnaps Thor and she wants to just leave him to it. And then the next second she changes her mind. And she's going to die. She might as well die valiantly, which is exactly what she vowed not to do. And so I found that a lot of that, and and like with Loki, I know that everyone loves Loki. but He as a character is just, they have wrung everything out of him now. There is nothing more for Loki to do. And he really should have gone at the end of the Avengers I think where it would have been good like he you know he, he came up to be this villain he fought the Avengers he lost ultimately and that should have been it but the Dark World and subsequently Ragnarok has shown that there is literally nothing left for, for Loki now I think. Mm. But is he not going to be in Infinity War? Uh, probably he probably <laughs> him, him and his mum will probably be in it that's how many people <laughs> seem to be in it. But anyway perhaps we should move on to the good
1: parts of Ragnarok because there are some good There are some good parts. I mean, I I do want to, sorry to sort of keep us trawling on the bad stuff, but I do want to talk very briefly about um, the comedic moments. Yeah. And the one thing for me that um, grated eventually, it was one too many slapstick moments, I thought.
0: I I just think the comedy, uh, uh, Watiti here, who uh, is a comic. Uh, artist if you want to put it that way but I think his his foot was too firmly down on the accelerator in the comedy moments and I know that we're starting to feel a little bit like Goldilocks here that we say that the DC movies are too dark and by extension perhaps that Ragnarok is now too light so what is going to be just right but I did find that any moment of real jeopardy and energy is vacuumed out of Ragnarok by comedy Mm -hmm. because and and the thing about these movies are, are that you have to kind of suspend your disbelief because you know that when you go and see a Thor movie, that ultimately Thor is going to come out of it alive. He's going to come out of it unscathed. He's going to save the day, etc., etc., etc. Okay, and yeah, okay, or we'll lose things along the way, but he as a character is going to be right, is going to remain intact. If you then remove not only you, you go in with that, but then you remove any sense or even suggestion of jeopardy, what are you left with? And that's why I think that Ragnarok ends up like this bag of jokes rather than an actual kind yeah, of yeah.
1: And I mean, the Cameos very funny. Mm. Just the small cameos very funny to begin with. Um, enjoyed the improv in some of the scenes. That was that was entertaining. The end. It was just the endless. So we begin with a, we begin with a joke where he's being you know he's Trapped in a cage. he's being monologued by a uh, by uh, something called the, the this fire demon who wants to bring about Ragnarok. And uh, he's chained up and he's being, you know, he's being spoken at, and but he's slowly turning around. Mm. And then he turns and then he says, Oh sorry, actually I'm just gonna turn around again having, I can hear you. He, he, so you know, that's funny. It's a bit of a you know, as a kind of alternative on the Pratfall. Um But then we get endless variations of that joke. Uh, Valkyrie walking down dramatically from her ship and then drunkenly fallen off halfway through. Uh, Thor in the middle of a big speech throws a off the screen, bounces back and hits him in the head mid-speech. Is that... And there were a lot of those throughout. And you ended, I ended up seeing them before they happened, mm. knowing that they were coming. Yeah. And then not finding them as hilarious. No, as I agree.
0: They... I think I think this film wants to tell you that it's it and, and uh, it is very funny. And uh, I don't want to yeah. get away from that. Like, I laughed a lot at this. Yeah, film yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. But, but I th- kept thinking there's a diff- there's a fine line between you know gently mocking mm. the grandiose nature of these movies. these movies superhero films viking gods yeah you know big speeches and just like descending into fuss but i thought that they could
0: have been almost deadpool-esque like you know the fact that um natalie portman's not in this movie yeah and they just explain it by this kind of like throwaway joke of like oh she dumped you no i dumped her and yeah, all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff but they could have been so much more meta about that but instead they attack a formula that they themselves stick quite fastidiously to. Um, And as I say, it removed any jeopardy. And when you're looking at something like the end of Asgard, which should be this huge cataclysmic event, and what you're left with are just a load of kind of, um, you know, pranks and slapstick moments, it didn't feel like much in comparison. And they
1: got everyone on Asgard onto that ship. Mm. Spoiler, spoiler. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway, uh, should we... Yeah, yeah, the good stuff. I mean, we've we've talked about it, this is funny, and it's a kaleidoscope of, of colours and mm. the senses, you know, yeah, um, it's a very, uh, Asgard we've sort of been to before, so it was nice to go to this, this the Grand Masters planet, which is the, the sort of, uh, the antithesis of, of Asgard, it's built from rubbish, rubbish and yeah. crap from the from the rest of the universe. Yeah, it looks it's like, a, like a kind of happier around. version of something that Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> shows, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Goldblum is, is, Jeff Goldblum is... Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum just... I don't know. <laughs> and,
0: le- um, and Thor and Hulk, uh, Hemsworth and Ruffalo, I think make a good intergalactic Lenny and George kind of double act. I very much enjoy the double act
1: between those And Hemsworth
0: yeah. looks like he's actually enjoying the part of Thor in this movie more than he ever has before. And that's because I think that he gets to do a bit more of a range here than he's had mm. kind of this kind of stoic god warrior. The character has changed cataclysmically yes. since the first Thor movie yes, to the point yeah. where he's almost unrecognisable now uh, but but I did enjoy that kind of the, the, the relationship between them I think it's good I, I will be controversial and if we, I don't want to go back to negative things but <laughs> I will say that I think you could almost take the whole Hulk stuff out of this movie and it would still remain intact I don't think the Hulk was so integral to Ragnarok the movie that well, yeah, his, he couldn't have his, been overall his remote.
1: big thing at the end is he takes on the wolf
0: yeah but that was was barely in it so it just feels like maybe that is something that will be seen in Infinity War
1: yes I think we just needed to get Hulk back into the into the um, universe into the universe again you know he jetted off into space we needed to bring him back ahead of Infinity War otherwise that would be something else they had to include Um, should we Bob? I think so yeah is there anything else any other outstanding things you want to say no I think that,
0: that that's kind of it is that Ragnarok I think is going to be one of these movies that a lot of people end up giving a pass and that sounds like I'm swiping at it. It's it's actually a couple of hours of good entertainment but unfortunately whatever Marvel is doing in terms of making audiences keep parroting the same catchphrases which is this is the best Marvel movie yet. <laughs> um I don't I don't know and I think that unfortunately Ragnarok f- suffers a lot from what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 suffered with earlier this year which is just this onslaught of, of jokes um, to no real end, particularly yeah. when
1: we're galloping I, towards an event. I, I don't think it's the greatest Marvel film so far. No. I still think the best Marvel films so far are uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and, and the first Guardians of the Galaxy film.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'm still a big fan of the original Avengers oh, movie yeah, yeah. as well. Um, but I still think the best Marvel movie this year, for my money, has been Spider-Man Homecoming.
1: I don't enjoy Spy man Homecoming as much as you do. Mm, I really, really <laughs> enjoyed that movie. Anyway, um, for... Yeah, uh, what are we doing first? Well, how about we go back to our vampire friends? What are we doing in the shadows? That I mean... I'm going to leave that a strong four. I'm yeah. I'm going to leave it a strong four because I feel like I love
0: movies that take a novel concept and... Just drain them for for want of a better pun, but <laughs> they really do, don't they? They suck every drop
1: out of that folklore. Yes, and and,
0: and are expertly. able to then spin yeah. it
1: into this comedy it's gold. Masterfully done. It was definitely it's a strong four from me as well.
0: It, it, um, if only it loses only a bob, I think for perhaps a slightly meandering pace in the middle. Um, but it's so funny that you'll forgive it. it I'm not sure it just doesn't quite get that five for me. But yeah. Do go and see it. Beg, borrow, steal, etc. Yeah, it's a, it's a great
1: great 86 minutes. I can't believe it's 86 minutes. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Right, yeah. A lot of fun. Thor Ragnarok. Thor um, Ragnarok. Now, I think... Actually, I'm trying to think now. If this is... Have, have we reviewed all of the Thor films over the course of our... Possibly. ...chatting through Dot, Dot? I can't remember if we did Dark, we did Dark World. I'm sure age. we probably spoke about all these. But years and years ago, probably. when we were at university, we, we, did we reviewed one. Thor on the radio. Yeah, because we um, like Branagh, don't we? We do, we love Branagh. We love Branagh-rated I, I, Branagh,
0: I, movies. Yeah.
1: I, get, I, I think I might have given that.
0: Well, I think I actually, a actually a gave very first high. first Thor a little bit of a pass, I think, to be honest with you. because I, and I like the first Thor film. I'm going to watch all of these Marvel movies in the lead up to Infinity War because there are some bits start like- now yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it does come out in the turn of next entry doesn't it um, so I'm going to try and watch them all and I all I remember but the only thing that I really remember disliking in the first Thor movie was the stupid robot thing at the end which yeah. just felt a bit rubbish but everything else I thought was pretty good and um, the way that they set the character up etc uh, I still think that that probably might be my favourite Thor movie to be perfectly honest Ragnarok I don't think quite shifted that um, mm. so I'm going to go down the line with a 3 out of potential 5.
1: You know it's a 3 from me as well. I was, I was thinking about giving it a 4, but I just think there's a- for me, it's a three on the nose. It's, I don't think I mean, it's anywhere and, close to being a four. And that's not a bad thing. No, we've said before with the Champions of the 3 bob yeah. movie,
0: it, 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 listen, if you are a Marvel fan, you're going to go in there and have two hours of good fun. If you're looking for a bit of a wind-down at the end of the week, you're going to go in there and find two hours of fun. Yeah, But just, you're not going to find much
1: more than that. It's still a Marvel film. Yeah. Really. And
0: it's a it's a nice kind of pastiche to those V8, you know, 80s VHS He-Man-style things.
1: But But there is yeah. nothing really much more going on yeah. underneath. And I think my problem with the Marvel films these days is I I, I think I, I'm just a breaking point. <laughs> I, but I just I they, they all they you, are you you're mentioned right. that you know that you you talk through the you know you've got a you know a sort of bland villain, uh, that you know third act that's very much like every other third act in every Marvel film sewn together um, with fizzy one-liners, and it's just one thing after another, and I don't you know I'm just a bit bored of them. So we'll see you in February for Black Panther. Uh... <laughs> Dad's describing films. Yes, it's our most popular feature, I think. Uh... <laughs> most popular contributors to this show, <laughs> I think. Most popular contributors. <laughs> yes, so if any of you, uh, any new listeners, anyone who's, uh, I don't know, inexplicably forgotten, uh, one 's kind of caught in the void of space with <laughs> the only thing that they can listen to to pass the
0: endless amount of seconds and
1: minutes and hours and days and weeks um, to all of those who are the... in the void here we are uh, don't panic we 're with you Dad's um, describing films is pretty much what it says on the tin
2: yeah.
1: um every month or every so often uh, one of our fathers is asked to describe three films of of uh, our choosing the other. Has to guess the films. So this month, my dad has John. described you know, my da- my dad John has described three films um, from from various you know uh, years and genres. And you, Christopher, have got to guess. And they have very unique storytelling abilities, don't they? Yes, yeah, so you're about to hear how our fathers describe films. Um, and I will tell you, I've picked one which I've designed specifically to be almost impossible. Okay. Right, um, should we? So, on? and you'll yeah. be listening with us. You'll, so be, you can you'll be able to hear, and and Christopher's going to have a go. Play along with us.
2: This one is. It's it's okay. I didn't mind it. I saw I saw this film. Uh, a young. What's her name? I <laughs> <laughs> see her face. I saw an attention at Elysium the other night. Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's no information. Is that it? Is that the. Yeah, that so, he, it, it's
1: so. A young Jodie
0: Foster. There, the, I mean, most of that was, a, was, was extended pauses. Um, so. He saw it, it was all right. It had someone who he couldn't remember, but we're now identifying as Jodie Foster. Uh, and she was in Elysium the other night, so presumably this isn't Elysium. Um, JD Foster, what was she in? She's been in a few bits and pieces. Um, all right, the only one that I'm going to be
1: able to go for is Taxi Driver. It's not Taxi Driver. It's not Taxi Driver. What? He was describing The Silence of the Lambs. Uh, oh, that was my would have been my other choice. All right, fair enough. But I will admit, his next line was. It's about the serial killer. And oh, okay. That, just...
2: that was just too much. All right. right. Okay. 1-0, John. 1-0. So, yeah. Next one coming up. Uh, I saw it. I think I saw it on the TV. Didn't think much of it, really. Although, at yeah, the <laughs> time, it was raved about. I believe, did it win an Oscar? Mm-hmm. I think it won an Oscar. But oh, I thought... Why did you like it? I don't, I don't know, really. I don't think I probably wasn't in the mood, it, really. I suppose I just watched it and... I thought you could take it or leave it.
0: That could be literally <laughs> any movie. That could be anything. So he saw it on the telly. It was raved about. He thinks it, he thinks it won an Oscar, <laughs> but it might not have. And he didn't go much for it overall. Is that what you're dealing with? What you're giving me, Dan?
1: Yeah, that's the, this is the one that's supposed to be. Give you know, me the year at least. i do not give the year, but I'll give you. It was Kevin Spacey, who was in it. All right, American Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we <laughs> oh, I love that movie. That went, that went up on the shelf. Know, didn't that's it? What, yeah, that's what I thought it, included. Oh, that's my, it John at ca- Boy. Use my dad's review as a counter. To, I can't to,
0: believe it. He's ripped it down off the shelf. Oh dear. American Vision. <laughs> didn't rate it. it right, right. Okay, this is basically the decider now, then, is it, for this month?
1: It's one all, isn't it? Me, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll claim
2: victory anyway. <laughs> I'm not about my music. To be honest with you, uh, as you probably know, in other shows so I don't do music. He doesn't do music. It's Gene Kenny does lots of dancing. Yeah. Gets a bit wet. <laughs> uh, it's,
0: it's got. I feel like I'm shooting like a fish in a barrel with this one now. Um, all right, John, I claim no triumph in this, but is this uh, Singing in the Rain? It was Singing in the yeah, Rain, yeah. he did get a bit wet. He's absolutely <laughs> right, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Gene, Gene Kelly does a bit of dancing, does a little bit of singing, gets wet. Gets a, bit, yeah. It gets a bit wet. Yeah, and we're still talking about it today. All <laughs> right, perfect. Well done, that was excellent. Yeah, cheers, John. Um, we'll, we'll see you again soon.
1: Join us again soon for more Dad's Describing Films. <laughs> Remember, remember the end of September. Okay, um, so yeah, (laughs) that's our rather clumsy segue (laughs) into... I like to think of it, Dan, as a more sideways look at at the uh, the end of the solstice. Yeah, I'll give you that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that. So yeah, uh, listeners, as I said at the top of the show, uh, we always, traditionally we've always taken September off. Um, and this year was no, 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 different. No, no different. You probably you, some of you probably didn't even notice. Um, so here we are. We, we the last time we, re- we released a podcast was August. That was we're our, back with a vengeance, stand on for Ragnarok. <laughs> for Ragnarok, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dave breaks Ragnarok. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> essentially, in every October, at... in every sort of season opener, mm. in our, in our Ito- October openings, we have a quick chat about some of the things we might have seen during... What could you know, have possibly have made up a potential September podcast? Yeah, the, but we can be asked the, to <laughs> make. We could can be asked to meet up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so what, one of us is still wandering around the Leicester Square Radiant in monastic silence. You've seen Blade been, Runner
1: twenty forty nine.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few bits and pieces and, and some other things. Yeah, uh, I think today I, I'm going to speak to you about a couple of bits and pieces. And I think in the interim, certainly the movies, I suppose, of notes that I saw, um, just having a little look at my my list here, was Mother. The Darren Aronofsky mm. controversial kind of vehicle grenade, if you want, uh, King Kingsman, um, the Golden Circle, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine,
1: and it, um, which I think I you've you've, been you've been, to you about. yeah you've been banging on about me seeing it ever mm. since you saw it.
0: Well, the reason and for I, It... I haven't
1: yet <laughs> the reason
0: the reason that I've been asking and telling you to kind of go and see it is that I know both of us are a little sceptical about the horror genre. Uh, neither of us yes. really are huge fans of these kind of shock and awe, grisly, gruesome... Uh, so our Halloween segment later is going to be great. It's going to be cracking, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be My Little Pony and uh, and just endless talk of The Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas, which apparently is actually a Halloween movie and not a Christmas movie, but I dispute that. Uh, anyway, and rightly so. But but we, that's a totally that's that's a different podcast. Time, yeah. <laughs> just leaking information here, like as if. But yeah, uh, It was was very good. It's, um, it's a kind of... Uh, a corrupted and dark and evil version of Stamp by me i'm not going to talk too much about it now because i think a lot of podcasts and articles and various publications including one room with a view.com has written a lot about it but go and see it it's, it it really is wonderful it kind of also led me to seeing the tim curry miniseries um oh yeah i'd never seen it before and oh that's what? supposed to be like terrifying it, it, and it, tim curry is iconic it um, I think one part of your statement was correct. There, it's it's terrifyingly awful. Um, <laughs> it looks like it was made for about thirty-two pounds, uh, most of which I think went to Tim Curry. I think that was the makeup on yeah, Tim Curry. T- Tim Curry is very good in it and enjoyable in this kind of camp, grandiose fashion. The rest of it is diabolical. Um, but the the new version, the twenty seventeen version, is a, is I will not say a lot of fun necessarily, but it it's a great it's a great movie, um, and I think you should go and see it. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about Blade Runner 2049 Dan. Do I, I have to have seen the other
1: 2048?
0: The answer to that question is a yes uh, oh. <laughs> overall. You certainly need to be very au-fay okay with the first Blade Runner. Okay. Much more so than I expected because this really? this is the kind of movie that you don't I just don't know how it got made.
1: <laughs> I don't know how this movie got made. Like it's um nostalgia surely we've talked to be, i think we were talking before we started recording about the power of nostalgia yeah
0: how no, it's kind of getting
1: on our tits i think yeah, was mostly and, you were, you know, all these endless you know we, we were t- t- talking specifically about an incredible sequel and hmm. um, we have blade runner with star wars hmm. is is you know is business is you know, by, by all you know uh, whatever against whatever else says is a result of nostalgia overwhelming nostalgia um, of course absolutely leading the way and no, uh, many others the, the, the reason I
0: think with Blade Runner I was more kind of fascinated to see it is um, because Blade Runner the original movie the Ridley Scott film flopped quite dramatically 35 mm. years ago and has only ever really kind of come into its own through a cult status movie Yes, so it's kind of it, fascinating to see a $180 million sequel to it isn't history now repeating itself like it, it has sadly, not done well sadly uh, domestically in America and, and in global, uh, global news It's not doing great. The UK is the only real country
1: bucking the uh, the trend. But I mean, surely they must have been been prepared for this. They they can't possibly have thought we're going to smash the box office because this film became a cult classic. But it's strange, isn't it? I was reading a really
0: fascinating article, I think, on Forbes. Our own um, Callum Baker has been speaking about it online. And uh, it, it put one of the things like it's a very strange notion for the studio to have produced a cult ish highbrow sequel to a cult flop Mm. Um, that demands that you need to have seen the first film, number one, to truly enjoy this movie, but two, that would have to have performed like a Star Wars movie in order to have substantiated itself. (laughs) So it's strange. It's a very, very wonderful film, Uh, perfect tonally, I think, for the world in which we live in right now. Um, It doesn't rely heavily on nostalgia. He does rely on the kind of knowing the universe and the uh, the rules of that universe, if you want, that set out in Ridley Scott's original. Because Harrison Ford is back. Harrison Ford is back, but he's actually only in a. I mean, in a, in what is nearly a three-hour movie, Harrison Ford is in less than a third of that, and I think that is to its to its um, yeah positive. Okay. Yeah, right. It's a, it's it's much more Ryan Gosling's movie than a kind of two-hander. Right. He's brilliant in it as well, but um, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Um, very, like, like the the aesthetics are incredible, but I actually think it's the poignancy and philosophy behind this movie that, that makes it more watchable. And will it win Roger Deakins an Oscar at last? It should do. The poor bugger deserves it. And I, and this is up there with some of his best work. Uh, I think the fact that pe- people thought that that Sahara dust cloud was basically <laughs> shot by Roger Deakin the other day. Uh, so <laughs> endless Facebook statuses yes, and memes yes. about that. So just... Do you know what? If Harvey Weinstein can win what he can, this poor <coughs> bastard needs something. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful movie, inside and out, and you should hurry to the cinema to see it.
1: Right. And do go and
0: support it, please. <laughs> what about you? What have you been... Well,
1: I, I, I thought the two sort of big ones that I've seen uh, since we last uh, met up were uh, two very different films, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Yeah, I saw that last and... night, actually. And the death of Stalin, which I saw a few weeks back, which um, I still haven't seen yet. And I'm, well, as I, I think I said to you ahead of this, go see it. Mm. It, it is, um, it is very funny. It's incredibly dark, as you might imagine. A film about the you know the machinations of of uh, the Communist Party after Stalin's uh, Stalin's death would be. Um, it, the reviews it's have been remarkably, as yeah, well. no, I, and and I think rightly so. Uh, I think it. I, it, the marketing has been unfortunate in the sense that a lot of the really, really good jokes are in the trailer. Okay, that's right. And, and so you're sat there watching it and, and you, you, you know you know what, what the punchline is going to be. But there's lots of other bits in between. It's an incredible cast. Uh, 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 I knew she's done a great job assembling the likes of uh, Jeffrey Tambor, Steve Buscemi, um, Simon Russell Bill to play these, uh, you know, all of them, real historical characters who all did these... Bonkers things in the wake of Stalin's. Um, is it kind of quite thick of it in terms of humour? That kind of rapidity um,
0: of speech and buzz, catchphrazy, almost kind of things and swearing. There's
1: there's an element of that. There is yeah. The swearing is toned down a little. Um, it, I was going to say it's a bit more mellow than the thick of it, but I don't think mellow is the right way to describe it. it yeah, it, it certainly isn't as. As rat-a-tat-tat as as the thick of it always was, and, but apparently it's much more much darker though. Like he's quite remarkably dark in some. Yes, and it has to be. And I think they did the right thing to sort of uh, to take it as dark as they did. Um, Stalin was a monster. The the majority of the men around him who then tried to take over the the party were were all were all monsters and did monstrous things to the people of Russia and to each other. Mm. And it doesn't this film doesn't shy away from that, but it does. Mine, the, the I, I, I don't know. I actually seem to be able to do this in a way that not many people other people, can, which is um, you know, mining the comedy gold out of these you know, dark tunnels of of horror,
0: yeah. Because well, it's funny because I still think that uh, the inquiry episode of The Thick of It, which forms part of its final season, mm. is one of the greatest hours of television ever produced. I still think that's a feat. Um, I, I didn't go a
1: huge uh, I didn't go hugely sorry for In the Loop I think my, yes um, but my, one of the things about In the Loop I think we've tra- talked about before in the past is the sl- I've never quite got over the fact that most of the actors from The Thick of It are in it but not playing, they're not playing the ca- those characters yeah. it's all a bit you know it's like a bit kind of yeah. side view
0: yeah. um, parallel universe thing okay interesting what no, would you have so, given it Bob-wise because I haven't seen a room um, less than
1: five and I don't know if that's just bluster and hype I'd like to give it four. Yeah, I think it's a shame. I mean, I think it was let down by the, the marketing side of things, giving a wee too much. So I don't think away. I, I
0: actually can't recall the trailer. I'm not sure I've
1: even seen it. So oh, if right. I was well, to go into it blind, you should, I, I think I you should give it four. Yeah. Okay. And I certainly know those. I still think those jokes are funny. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot more powerful had I not seen them all mm. uh, in the trailer, which was, you know. So I mean. Kudos to the marketing team. They've probably produced the funniest trailer of the year. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You've got the funniest vignette of the year. Well done, Iannucci. And and thanks for Partridge. Great. for. I mean, if you're an Iannucci fan, you're going to really like it. If you're a history buff um, or geek, you'll enjoy it. And what I will say to people is, you know, these... If you're watching it and thinking, this is mad, this didn't happen, or yeah. that that's it's mental this is something that would have been no, the, the crazier the thing seems it's it, the truer they, it is. The truer it is. They they this it happened more or less as depicted on film.
0: Can we spend a couple of minutes just talking about Kingsman, the Yeah, I think we so? should. Is that all right? the we've Overns, seen that. Yeah, yeah. Kingsman
1: the Golden Circle. Um Being trashed by the critics. Yes. I think unfairly so. Well, I agree. It was certainly not as it's, bad as everyone made it out to be. It's a, it's a good. I think the way I described it from com- after coming out of the film was, well, that was you know a couple of hours of good fun, silly nonsense. It was mi- mindless um, fun, yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's significantly worse than the first movie. Nope. I always thought that the first movie was kind of held in in the tiara of popular culture, slightly askew, if you if if you excuse the metaphor there. I... I I never really understood why everyone thought it was so amazing. Um, I like Matthew Vaughan and Jay Goldman's work a lot, uh, and I think Kingsman was perfectly enjoyable. I didn't think that Golden Circle was like a significant step down from the first movie. Not really at all. I, the, I didn't think it was quite as good as the
1: first movie, but I still didn't think it was no. a significant gulf between them. And I think the prob- I mean, it, it sort of jettisons any kind of character development or story in yeah, the second one. And, and also in favour of... let's Um, um, let's do some action
0: I agree and and I think the central point that it comes down to and as I say I think a lot of people are having to go at lots of weird and wonderful things about the second movie but for me it can all be traced back to the single seed of it no longer knew if it was a spy movie or a pastiche of a spy movie this one is much more so like it's not so much taking the mickey out of something like Die Another Day it's kind of become (laughs) Die Another Day now which is strange after only two movies Yeah, presumably they are setting this up to be a larger franchise Yes, but I still see it as something of a of a
1: love letter to, sixties Bond. Yeah, it, right down to the. Um... I mean, you've got you've got a crate you've got you've got a, a over the top, insane villain mm. played by Julianne Julian Moore An in Moore. this case. Um, you've you know you've got grues- gruesome deaths, high octane action, misogyny, misogyny, <laughs> um, By the bucket. <laughs> um, uh, and Elton John And Elton John turns up As he always did in the Bond El- films.
0: <laughs> El- El- Elton John playing a more crucial role in this movie Than Channing Tatum but
1: Yes, aw. that's interesting 2017, round of applause <laughs> um, I saw someone say on uh, Someone comment on Twitter after seeing the film Say, oh, I just got out of um, the Golden Circle And my wife turned to me and said Is that the best Elton John impersonator they could get? <laughs> To be fair, Elton John is terrible in the film. I, I, he really
0: threw me out of it. I, cu- I couldn't believe. I bear in mind, I'm an Elton John fan. I couldn't believe how much he was in it. I couldn't believe how much the narrative oh, rested on his shoulders. Yeah. But there you go. That's the, wh- the word. I warned in. you. I, you asked me before you saw it. How I was think. he in the Death of Stalin? By the way, is he <laughs> crucial? <do you laughs> <what>? crucial. <laughs> yeah, I still think he's going to be the last soon. Infinity Stone. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's going to be Iron Man and Rocket Man side by side
2: (laughs) oh dear
1: Um, now I warned you before you you asked me before you saw Kingsman you said oh is the reintroduction of Colin Firth's character as lazy as I think it's going to be and I said yes Yes. and you (laughs) you did not let me down
0: (laughs) you did not let me down some of the laziest exposition I've ever heard let's put a bag over his head and bring it back to life (laughs) oh okay (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah that, that but as you say when you go into these films why people go in there thinking that they're going to go and see something from like you know the turn of the century and uh, it, it, it's not going to blow you away it's going to keep you preoccupied for 2 hours it's going to it's, yeah, it's but, going to make you forget the fact that what, fun.
1: as with as with mar- many marvel films you know as I know I've criticized marvel films for sort of being you know endless kind of you know churning out the same plot beats and and Stuff over and over again, but I tell you what, having these superhero films and these silly spy capers, um, it, they're a nice, uh, they're a soothing balm. They are to, to it, the endless horrors and, of twenty seventeen. And, and it it's two hours
0: for God's sake. The, the thing that people that winds me up about this kind of stuff, and it links back to the, uh, it links back back to a, a larger conversation that's going on at the moment, where people are having to go at poor old um, J J Abrams. Because he's picked up uh, episode nine uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: from the hands of Colip, Col- from yeah. the hands. We're now getting nostalgic for of, things that yeah, happened
1: only a couple of years ago. Well, exactly, yeah. No, and
0: Travorro's out and Abrams is, and people are saying, "Oh, you know, I thought we, I, I was looking forward to us getting a, a a more experimental Star Wars movie." Do you seriously go and see Star Wars movies at Christmas to to go and see experimental cinema? Number one, number two. I'd like to know how many of these people who are decrying things like Kingsman the Golden Circle and decrying J.J. Abrams for episode nine how many of them have gone to see something like Blade Runner 2049 how many of those went out and supported something like the Neon Demon last year who goes and sees actual experimental cinema or who just likes to shout into the bag of Twitter yeah. um, and declare war in North Korea I don't know <laughs> who are these people oh, shakes missed uh... right see you later <laughs> This is Halloween.
1: Halloween, Halloween. I had had no warning for that, listeners. Yeah, I just went straight into that one. Straight into it. I've got a good one for this. I said, "Oh yeah." So we're talking talking about um, Christmas movies here, Dan. Yes. (laughs) uh,
0: Because I'd like to talk to you about *The Night Before Christmas*, which is. A Christmas movie, regardless of what Henry Selick. It is, so why are you Parenthesis, a- what does he know? <laughs> close <Yeah>. to this? <laughs> it's a Tim Burton movie anyway, you old sod. Henry the Hack the Henry the Hack Selick. yeah. He's probably one of the few <laughs> that might actually contact the show just in uh, Retribution. Uh, no, we're going to talk about... Um,
1: like menu offerings, I suppose, for this Halloween, aren't we, Dan? Yeah, we so I don't know even. if any you, I don't know if you guys have got plans for Halloween yet. You probably do. <laughs> so yeah, so see you later. <laughs> Enjoy it. <him>. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry to bother you. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Hello, have you got a minute to talk about God? <laughs> <laughs> have you got a minute to talk to me
0: about Henry Sonic and uh, his various wrong opinions on the movies he made <laughs> in the early 90s? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, right. mercy. Right. Um, Bung on the shining. Bung <laughs> on and be done with it. Yeah. No, no we can't. We don't just to just talk about the shining. Um, we just, Yeah. What are the, some, some good Halloween films? To, to watch yeah, well, on, on All Hallows' movie. Eve. I don't know if you've heard of the movie
0: It, Dan, but actually they remade <laughs> it this year. Uh, some, uh, I thought I just watch the TV movie yeah, series. It, 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 I wouldn't necessarily... I think that was made for about £32, so I wouldn't necessarily put that one on. It's but, also going to take you about four days to watch it. <laughs> um, no, uh, Halloween movies. I think you've got the kind of classic ones, haven't you? It, for me, Halloween usually boils down between The Exorcist and The Shining. Okay, uh, very highbrow. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 they're kind of some of the few horror movies that I just love coming back to and I think it's probably because I think The Exorcist might have been the very first image of horror that I can um, recollect Mm. and the reason for that is that I remember Channel 4 was showing an uncut version Uh, I can't remember when this must have been I couldn't have been very old I didn't watch it but, because I was just terrified of the image that Channel 4 had shown in its, like, ident Because oh, right. they made a big deal out of it. This was before, like, digital television. this. Yeah, yeah. So they made a big deal of the fact that the Exorcist film from the 70s was being shown on Channel 4 in probably, what, the mid-90s, late-90s, something like that. And the image that they used was of Ellen Burstyn screaming... And that, for some reason, terrified me, and it's it's still ingrained in my subconscious now. Like that is something I associate with horror. So I think that's why I come back to it because yeah, of those elements. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's bloody scary, and it is it is still scary, and it still stands up today. Mm. It, um, there's a there's a lot going on in The Exorcist, and it and it's great. I think also I like the book, uh, the William S. Blatty book as well, and I love that story of that. Um, the guy whose boss was reading it and was absolutely terrified by it. So terrified, in fact, that he drove down to the pier and threw the a book re- into the sea. Um, and when his employer found um, employee found out about this, he went and bought a version, ran it under the tap and <laughs> left it in the top of his desk <laughs> the next day. And I think it's the power of the exorcist and that whole that whole concept and the way that they portray it and the fact that this 12-year-old girl in this kind of like sleepy... Um, but quite a yuppie-ish neighbourhood that doesn't yeah. look unlike anywhere you've kind of drive through in the East Coast of America, and such evil terrifies them for this kind of period. It's a great is a great movie, and it's one that I always put on around the Halloween time. It's
1: good. It's a good shout. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of horror, but there are a few that really you know that are always good things that I've sort of stumbled across. Late at night on BBC One or something, yeah. when I was a kid, shouldn't have watched. Watched and of scared the bejesus out. Well, answers. that's what
0: horror is, isn't yeah. it? It's trawling through when you were a kid. going through. the that.
1: moment I was allowed to have a TV in my bedroom, yeah, you know, watching films, a uh, uh, television into the into the small hours, coming across you know something after the news, like now we're going to you know, yeah, now, we're,
0: go- now we're going to babes and bloods. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck that like one us See what's going on in um, there. No. So the things like
1: Scream. How Scream I came scared. across Scream Scream's and all fun. the Scream, you know, the whole Scream franchise uh, is is it, it has the great wonderful jump scares, a good you know you, uh, good villain.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in Ghostface, almost to Agatha Christie esque as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's well it? They're, 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 hor- they're sort of horror murder mysteries um, in a sense. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, there's a serial killer going around, um, killing teenagers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Drew Barrymore is at the beginning of the first one and meets a very sticky end two minutes in and you're mm. thinking oh okay I remember that coming on and thinking oh it's a Drew Barrymore movie this should be good fun yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew! No! Drew! Um, and also the fact that we've talking about uh, film pastiches a lot in this podcast Yeah um, but Scream obviously is is a master. It's a great that one, franchise. The master Wes Craven. Oh, yeah.
0: It, but also the thing about Scream is it reminds me of like kind of classic Simpsons episodes as well. In that you always got something out of it as a kid when you first watch them, but they grow with you and you'll get more out of it the older you get. And when you're watching, yeah. it, you know, oh, I didn't actually quite realise that this was a joke, or I didn't quite realise, I didn't get the reference behind that or whatever.
1: And um, particularly the, I think Scream Two might be my favourite actually. That yeah, because I mean that starts as they're all they're watching a film about the, the original origins. ones. Yeah. And each film kind of gets even more absurd. Meta, doesn't it? Meta. Yeah. and I love the whole... I love the playing around with that. And yeah, it's
0: yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. From this year, Halloween, I think a lot of people might enjoy it, uh, and I don't want to speak about it too much because I know that we'll talk about it at the end of the year, in um, Frankly, my year, I don't <laughs> give a damn. Uh, Get Out, which I thought was tremendous Yes, this year as yeah. well. It kind of struggled that fine line between like social comedy and um insidious horror yes uh, quite nicely and i liked the balancing act between that so if you haven't seen it this yeah, year and you're trying to catch up
1: absolutely see get out um it's a, it's a great great option um I mean, there's a load of dross on Netflix. Yeah. If you're, if you're after some cheap scares or anything, you know, silly slasher films, there's a whole bunch of things on there. Yeah, it's usually in our know, Netflix agorias, yeah. aren't they? Horror got, seems to have gone, over, heavy, gone over a few of
0: Was them. it Aladdin and the Death Camp or something like that was <laughs> <laughs> a more memorable one, Something involving
1: yeah. leprechauns? Evil leprechauns? Was that something yeah, it was like, like Killer guns? Leprechauns. Killer, leprechauns, like from I'm from out, out, be killer
0: leprechauns from Outer Space. Something along those a, lines. A colony. that should have been. Was, you can have that one. I'm sure someone will. I'm sure Netflix will have that one up there by the end. But yeah, um, enjoy the season.
1: <laughs> Housekeeping. Five seasons in, Dan. Still don't have a jingle. No, never have, never will. Yeah. Um, mm. But here we are. We're going to sort of just tidy things up a little bit, uh, put some things back. Yeah. Uh we need to. Give it's been, been
0: September, yeah. I think storm Brian
1: has whirled through.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's a beautiful yeah. sunshine out there at the moment. I assume that's the calm before said it's very Storm. Odd. Yeah. yeah. That's um Sunshine Allen, I think, before. That's all the
1: birds leaving.
0: <laughs> yeah, Alfred Hitchcock made a good Halloween movie around that, didn't he? Anyway, uh so if you wrong segment. <laughs> if you are joining us, we're we're five seasons in now. We've done this for some time, actually. We're at the official too long, too long. Critics now. say, <laughs> <laughs> too long. Family and friends say, um, it's uh, it, we're the official podcast for a larger arts-based website, One Room with a dot com. This is a mo- uh, this is a site. Um, it's quite novel, really. Actually, a blog looking at movies. Dan,
1: I'm not sure anyone there else there aren't is many really doing out it. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, we're and certainly. It's very few podcasts hosted yeah, by two men.
0: Well, the thing about podcasts is, is it's a term that I'm trying to get to take off, really, because I don't think many people have them, and certainly people don't use that term on... Nope. um There's social media called Twitter these days. We and- are...
1: Quite ahead of the curve. We are,
0: we always have been. That's what I like. Um, about Cutting edge. Us. And that's why I think we are ferociously entertaining, actually. And it's not my words, that's the Margate Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if you want to decry us publicly, um, you, can us on, join, join <laughs> you can follow us on Join the crowd, join the rest of them. You can follow us on the said social media uh, platform. We are at One Room with a View, numerical one. Dan's at Mr. Alton, that's I T E R. Yeah. I'm at the Prestonite, traditional spelling. But please don't get personal. No, please. Um, yeah, we, we can't take that kind of abuse <laughs> these days. Maybe at the beginning, but not so much anymore. Uh, you can email us podcast at one room with a view.com.
1: Yes. Uh, is there anything, have you seen anything on the site recently that's very good? Your review of Thor Ragnarok is up. review. Which reviews, I can now read. Yep, yeah, you can read it in slightly condensed. Uh, um, slightly
0: more lyrical form i think uh, on on the website there's loads at the moment particularly i've been impressed by the overwhelming amount that they got from from london film festival i
1: was very sad this year due to work constraints yes. i couldn't visit we myself we couldn't attend but most a lot of the crew have been down there seeing films endless films i think they they saw nearly everything yeah. on the roster um and they're all reviewed on one room of review so do just look for the lff at those. Uh, hashtag other than that We'll be back next month. We will.
0: Uh, um, I can't wait for next month's podcast because I think what we're reviewing is is a bit different as well.
1: It is. will we'll leave you with that mystery to solve. Yeah. Yes, Agatha. Um, oh, see I was giving, <laughs> giving it away. See you next month. Period. <laughs> <laughs> <Fury. laughs>